Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Robins on the Wire, a Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol City reporter Gregor McGregor. Welcome along to Robins on the Wire with myself, Michelle Owen and Gregor McGregor. It is lovely to be back. Uh, thought I'd make an appearance once the transfer window shut. Let Gregor do the hard work. And there is so much to talk about today. We'll talk about the incomings, the outgoings, uh, the brilliant QPR win with 28%, 28% possession. That's right, isn't it? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, we'll get Lee Johnson's thoughts after that one and the goal scorer from Arajiju and look ahead to Birmingham at home on Friday. And uh, Gregor was invited up to the training ground last week, uh, which is coming along or beginning to come along. And we'll talk about that too. So let's start then. Uh, here we are. It's Monday, the 3rd of February at the time of recording. And it was quite a dramatic end to the transfer window for Bristol City, wasn't it? It was um, a bit of late business, which we kind of knew was going to happen. The club has been saying they've been wanting to bring in this quality and Lee Johnson kind of hinted when we'd asked him that, that things might not happen until the very end of the window. And that's what transpired. Well, yeah, let's start with uh, big signing in Narky Wells. We knew that Bristol City needed a striker. Is he the calibre of striker that you hoped for, Gregor? Definitely. I think it's a, a really quality signing. There was obviously... Other clubs interested in his services, QPR wanted to retain him. I think Wigan were rumoured to be in for him as well. And I think they've got him at a decent price as well. I don't think they've overpaid for him. They've had to be patient, obviously, to get get him in. But this is a guy who's done it over the last few seasons. He's got 13 goals in, in 20 appearances at QPR this season, mm. 20 starts, um, six off the bench as well. And, yeah, he's, he's done it for, well, he's done it over a, a number of years for a number of different clubs and... Yeah, finally City have got that proven striker they've been after. When you say they had to be patient, how long did they want him for? Well, I mean, you could argue that they've been looking for a proven striker for a good year now. If you think about this time last year, we were hoping that they were going to make that big striker signing to make the difference. And then remember, Britta Sombolonga was a player they were after. Uh, They were in for Scott Hogan a year ago. And um, there were a couple of other players as well. And yeah, finally, a couple of windows later, they didn't really do too much on that front in the summer. But finally, and and, and it's partly because they kind of hoped everything was done with Benikafobe. Mm. But because of that cruel injury to yeah to Afobe, they've had to bring in another one. And um, yeah, finally that they've done it. And I think the fee is around sort of four to five million pounds. And for that kind of money, um, that does actually make Bristol City one of the biggest spenders in the Championship this window. Although on net spend, when once you factor in the the fee received for Josh Brownhill going out of the club, mm. then then yeah, they, they they've obviously traded as the club likes to do and. They're in a good position. Uh, Naki Wells came on against his old club at the weekend. Uh, how did you think he did on his debut off the bench? Yeah, I think he, he did all right. He, he showed that good movement that he's got. He almost met a, a Masengo diagonal, headed a, headed that chance over the bar, maybe could have done a little bit better. There. He had another slight um, sight of goal, a headed effort that went over as well. Um, but the chief 
thing was he came on and he actually and he committed five fouls which was three more than anybody else in the game and I kind of wonder if he was told to like go out there Get and make a in. mark yeah or, mm. or, or he just wanted to or he just didn't want to uh, basically see his his former side win or what I don't know but um, yeah welcome to the, welcome to Bristol well uh, another one that really caught my eye was Philippe Benkovic coming in on loan um, how how big a signing do you think he is for Bristol City? Well, quite literally, he's a very big signing. Yes, six, I know, six, I know. Six foot four. It, it's an interesting one, that, isn't it? Because... There's a few clubs after him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He, I mean, City, have, from our understanding, have had to see off Middlesbrough, Derby County. They really fancied him. They were in Their, their interest was very mm. public early on in... In January, and they they won the race for him. We understand that actually Mark Ashton was very very key to winning this deal, and that's because of his friendship with Brendan Rodgers at Leicester City. Mark Ashton gave uh, Brendan Rodgers his first uh, managerial job at Watford when Brendan left okay. Chelsea, and because of that, there's always been a good friendship between the pair. It's not been forgotten, and be, and we we're told that because of that, Bristol City that that really helped Bristol City to win the race for Benkovic. As to the quality of the player, yeah, he played 20 times for Celtic last season on loan there. He's played in the Champions League. He's got one cap for Croatia. For Croatia. Yep. And I, I, I kind of don't like to say this too much, but he is, to my mind, an upgrade on Taylor Moore. Now, Taylor Moore, for mm. a lot of people, that was a bit of a surprise. It was. I was surprised. Yeah, he's gone out on loan to Blackpool. But I actually do agree with Lee Johnson's assessment there. Um Taylor Moore has had a really good season. He's played a fair amount of times in the Championship, but he's not quite the level needed just yet for Bristol City to achieve their ambitions. So the hope is he'll go to Blackpool, which I actually think is a bit of a smart loan because they could have sent him to a better club than that. But instead, he's going to go to Blackpool and he's going to be under pressure. They're going to have to do a lot of defending. Mm. He's going to be involved in the game a lot more. Yeah, Yeah, So he could develop more because of that. Am I imagining this? Did he captain Bristol City this season? He did, yes. That was a great little story. He he basically knocked on Lee Johnson's door and mm. asked to be captain. Um, that was, I think that might have been in the FA Cup recently. It was earlier, it was earlier in the season. Yeah. I just thought, is this baby brain talking? But this did happen, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. And it, for me, he is captaincy material as well. In the longer term, he's a fantastic character, both on and off the pitch. He reminds me of Bailey Wright, who we're going to come on to. Um, but he's also a quality player. He has a good, had a good season at times, Taylor Moore. He, yeah, he played yeah. really well in that first game of the season against Leeds United. Yeah, he did, yeah. And at other times. And also, I was just, for, for the stats fans out there, I was looking at um, his stats this season. He actually is the, the top, the, the, he's the player that's made the most interceptions per 90 minutes. So his reading of the game is exceptional. Yeah, yeah in the league. Wow, equal, in the league? In the, in the whole league. No, no, in the, in the whole league, 2.6 interceptions per game. Uh, and actually, I mean, this is a side issue. I think Bristol City actually use interceptions as a tool to recruit defenders because they've got a lot of defenders who, who um, measure very highly for interceptions. Adam Webster was always right up there. Mm. Um, Taylor Moore, Ashley Williams, Nathan Baker, all these guys are up there for interceptions. And yeah, Taylor Moore leads the league still on 2.6. So yeah, he, he is one for the future. He's, let's not forget, he's only 22, I think. Yeah, he's young. But when he knocked on the door, what did he say to Lee Johnson? Well, according to Can Lee I be Johnson. Yeah, yeah, literally that. Can, wow. I, yeah, I, I'd like to be captain, please. Well, that is that is some confidence, isn't that? it? Yeah. So, yeah, let, let's see how he gets on at Blackpool. We'll be keeping an eye on him. But as for Philippe Benkovic, where is he going to fit into this Bristol City team? 
he's going to find it tough to get into this Bristol City team because they've just kept, what, five clean sheets in their last six? Four in a row. Four in a row, yeah. First time for 30 years they've done that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think you've got to give a lot of credit to Lee Johnson, the coaching team. They've obviously spent the time on the training pitch wisely over uh, the, with the time that they've had and they've made Bristol City really tough to break down. I was massively impressed by the Robins at Reading the other week. Mm-hmm. Um, they look, just look so well drilled, so well organised and, yeah, they, they, they really deserved that winning at the Medeski. They followed it up at the QPR that again they were just so tough and stubborn to break down Nathan Baker has been phenomenal I mean we're going to speak about a couple of guys Deji has been brilliant recently but Nathan Baker really has been in on top form Ashley Williams very good alongside him a pair of them seem to have a, a very good relationship at the back so yeah it's going to be tough for Benkovic to break in but not just Benkovic but also Thomas Callas yeah. don't let's <laughs> not forget yeah. that the club record signing isn't even playing at the moment yeah and, They've set, yeah. They've they've matched this record from thirty years ago on clean sheets. We'll come on to the defence in, in more detail shortly because I want to talk about Ashley Williams as well. Uh, let's stick with the incomings. Marcus Henriksen. Now, when I look at him, he's coming from Hull, where he's been out in the cold completely. With him coming to Bristol City, is he your sort of Marlon Pack sort of player? Maybe, arguably, with respect could be unspectacular in a game. Maybe the game could go by and you wouldn't notice him too much, but he's going to be key to breaking up the play, to playing those five-yard passes, to keeping the ball moving, for recycling possession and taking it around the back. Is, is he that sort of player? Am I, I, am I getting that right? I, I can't profess to having watched him a lot. However, I've done a bit of research on him, as everybody has now. <laughs> and, um, yeah, he, he's obviously a guy who's captained uh, Hull City previously. He had a, He's had a bit of a falling out with them because he's been frozen out this season. He hasn't mm. played this season at all. Um, apart from for his international side, uh, he played for Norway back in November. So this is a guy who's got like more than 50 caps for his country. So he's another experienced guy. And I'd argue he's coming to the peak of his game at 27, 20, at 27 mm. years old. He plays in the middle. And if you look at his stats, he's got he's got a, uh, a pretty much all-round game. I think he could be a very shrewd pickup because um, basically they're not going to... They're not going to pay too much money for him because he's on, on loan. Yeah, is there an option to buy? Well, he's on loan till the summer, but yeah. he's out of contract in the summer. So, oh, right, So, fine. yeah, for someone, he could be a free transfer in the summer. So if, if things Potentially work, Bristol yeah, City. Yeah, then. exactly. If things work out, it could be a, a brilliant piece of business. What I like about him, again, I've been looking at the stats, is he averages um, 2.3 tackles per game. That, that was in his last complete season, which is basically on par with how many Angolo Kante makes per game at the moment at Chelsea. So, so hold midfielder then. Yeah, but I mean this is a guy who's six foot two. I think he'll be similar to Josh Brownhill. He will get up and down okay. the pitch. But maybe not as energetic as Josh Brownhill, which is a little bit of a worry. Right. And what I don't think he will offer is the goals that Josh Brownhill has offered. Remember Josh has had five this season. Yeah. He might have been on for between eight and ten. Do you do you think the Mullen Pack comparison is fair then? I think he's a slightly different player. Okay. I don't see him as playing that um, that holding role because I think recently they've been playing four one four one. We've seen Corey Smith sat in front of the defence and he's been brilliant. And I would say Adam Naj is the the guy. Naj is Naj, the, guy, Naj. Is the <laughs> guy to compete for that defensive. So he's position. not competing for Smith or no, Naj's I, I, No, position. I see him as competing for the Josh Brownhill spot okay, alongside Jamie Patson in the middle. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's going to be a really interesting one because there's a couple of players who can probably put their hand up for that position. Yeah. Do, do you go with the energy of Masengo? Masengo, yeah. Or, uh, and I wonder if Callum O'Dowder might even take that position. Oh, really? Think, okay. Um, another one I wanted to talk about in terms of coming back is Zach Viner. Yeah. Now, we've just been talking all about the defensive options. Uh, is he going to be getting a game? Uh, by all accounts, he's done well at Aberdeen. He has, he has. He's played He's played defensive midfield a couple of times for Aberdeen. I've been oh, keeping wow. an eye out for him. Uh, he scored a good goal up there as well, not so long ago from outside the area, clipped off the post. Um, nice. Yes, I, I think he will be involved a little bit. There's a couple of aspects to this, though. He's injured at the moment. He's got a bad shoulder injury, and there were fears that he was going to have to have an operation and he would be out for the season. Thankfully, that hasn't had to happen, and he's going to be out until the end of February, is our understanding, okay. and then he'll be available again. Secondly, this kind of ties into the Antoine Semenyo deal because Semenyo has gone out to Sunderland yep. and it means that Bristol City have got to look at other players to be their club-developed player to sit ah, on the yeah. bench. Now, they've got several options. They had Wallacott, I think, at the weekend and he's been the, the second goalkeeper. They've had James Morton, who's travelled with the first-team squad and he's he's a, he's a guy who could be in contention. Seku Jenner, the striker, might mm-hmm. even get a look in towards the end of the season when he's fit again because he hasn't gone out on loan because he's injured. But yes, Zach Viner chiefly will be the guy that they look to, I think, as their club-developed player to be on the bench. And he can cover several different positions, defensive midfield, right-back and centre-back. It's a very good name, Zach. Yeah. I can attest to this. Uh, let's talk about outgoings. Uh, Josh Brownhill, then you mentioned there, he's gone. Did you expect him to go now or did you think it would be summer? Because I, I know I've been a little bit out of the loop for the last couple of months, but I really think it would be summer that he went. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised, if I'm honest. And I think, actually, Lee Johnson was as well, because when we asked Lee Johnson about it, he admitted he was a, a little frustrated to see Brownhill go at this time of year. I don't think anyone wants to le- lose a key player in January. And let's not forget that Bristol City have actually lost two captains in this window, club captain Bailey Wright and his replacement, Josh Brownhill, because Brownhill was, was the captain, well, he's the been pitch, captain yeah. on pitch for a while now. Um, so yeah, he was confirmed the other day as, as being the captain after Wright, but it's, it's not lasted too long because he's obviously gone out to Burnley. There was a lot of Premier League interest in Josh, that's what we can say, and we knew that he wasn't going to extend his um, contract. We reported as well that there was a release clause in his contract in the summer, which was around six to seven million pounds, according to our um, understanding. Although when I asked Mark Ashton about this last Thursday. Uh, Ashton did say to me that that figure wasn't correct, but he, he didn't go as far as to confirm the release clause, but he didn't deny it either. Okay. And he sort of hinted really that, yes, that was the case, but he said that it didn't play a part in the sale. However, that release clause meant that he was basically going to leave the club in the summer for uh, an amount that wasn't too high and basically would have seen a lot of competition for his services. Burnley have made the jump early, have, have been monitoring him for a long time. Sean Dyche is a is a big fan, um, fan of his. He wasn't involved, I saw at the weekend, I think he maybe signed too late, not too sure about that. But um, yeah, big, big signing for Burnley, um, a bit of a wrench for Bristol City, but I do think overall their trading has been good this window and to lose Brownie but then bring in three quality players, I think it kind of makes sense. Yeah, I'm not as... It's a, and it's with no disrespect to Josh Brownhill because I think he's a really good player and I think he will do well at Burnley from what we've seen. But it doesn't worry me like when Adam Webster left, but actually we didn't need to be worried about that as it turns out anyway. I haven't got that sort of worry. Does yeah, that make yeah. sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. And what I would say about Brownie is that 
over the last six, seven weeks, I don't think he's been at his very best form. And there is a reason for that, though. He was carrying um, an injury, he had a bruised foot. Mm-hmm. But this is the typical of the guy, that he played through the pain barrier to help Bristol yeah. City at his own detriment of his own form. However, he was brilliant at Reading. He really was magnificent. And Lee Johnson as well picked this out after the game because he, he probably knew at that point that, yeah. that a move to a Premier League club was coming. It was on the cards. Yeah, and but he still put in a, a brilliant performance. He pressed so well. His energy was fantastic. He carried well. I'm just a little bit worried about Bristol City finding goals from midfield. Um, apart from that, though, I, I really do think they've got strength and depth. Yeah. Uh, other players that have left but could still have a future at Bristol City Bailey Wright what do you reckon? I think unfortunately he's gone I think both him and Matty Taylor um, they're both out of contract in the summer mm-hmm. so they, yeah, Lee Johnson told us that there have been no talks um, for a new deal with Bailey Wright we understand that's the same with Matty Taylor and I think unfortunately both those guys have played their last games at Ashton Gate and I think they will be released in the summer but that does create space for the likes of Taylor Moore and Zach Viner Tavana, to yeah. to come in, and uh, they've they've shown that they they've got quality. They need to play, and um, I think it's good good business from the club. Really, uh, what about Antoine Semenyo? Surely the same can't be be said for him. Well, Antoine Semenyo, yeah, just been talking about this to somebody else that a year ago Chelsea were interested in him. I know. And Bristol City were quoting ten to twelve million pounds as a price tag for him to be bought then. So that shows how highly they rate him. He's gone on to sign a new deal. He's placed his future to Bristol City. I don't think he's been given enough team chances. Obviously, Lee Johnson doesn't think he's quite ready enough. Um, our understanding is that basically he was brought back for the club to have a close look at him to see why Chelsea were interested. And Chelsea aren't going to be interested in a player unless they're really, really good. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah... Antoine hasn't done it, unfortunately, for City and the chances he's been given. But mm. I don't think he's been helped by being in and out of the side. I just don't think he's given enough confidence. confidence. Didn't yeah, ex- exactly that. The idea is, and Lee Johnson explained this the other day, is that he'll go to the Stadium of Light. He'll play in front of big crowds. That's a, that's a big thing, I think. Yeah, they want him to play in front of, yeah, huge crowds. Um, get his form going again. I think it'll be huge if we can see him start scoring goals at League One level. He'll come back to Bristol City and he is a key player in the future of the club along with the likes of Seku, Jenna and some other players as well. Uh, we talked about Taylor Moore so we won't go over that again but what about Sammy Smodix who's doing brilliantly at Peterborough? I interviewed him when he came to Bristol City. He was so desperate to make it work. He so wanted to prove himself at championship level. Is he a championship player? Remains to be seen. He's doing brilliantly at Peterborough. Mm, four, four and three. Four, yeah, four goals already. Just, um, yeah, incredible start to his career there. Um, and obviously, Peterborough have been after him for a long time. I liked um, Darren McCantony's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have you seen phrase. the video? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen the video, but him saying, what was it? I'm like the mountain, I always get my man. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he finally yeah did get the signature of Schmodix. I think uh, it makes sense for everybody all around. I just... just um, yeah, obviously Sam didn't get enough first-team chances and they, he wasn't going to get them either this season. He's another player like Semenyo that's been bought for the future. I think he's a bit older, Sam. I think he's 24, 25 now. So he's gonna, hopefully he's going to do it, carry on this good form in League One and we'll see him come back and compete next season. I think he could be a big player for Bristol City next season. Mm, what position though? Wing forward, number 10, striker? Well, I think there's going to be... He's playing up front for Peterborough. Yeah, I don't want to get into this too much now, but I think there's going to be quite a lot of reshuffling at okay. Bristol City if they don't get promoted. 
But I do think they've got a, a great shot of finishing in the top six now. Mm, we'll come on to that in a bit. Uh, Akiba Delican. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't barely played. No. Has he played this season? Uh, no, he hasn't played this season for the first team, no. Wow, so... He's barely. gone to Rotherham. Yeah. Is, is he a Bristol City player? He's, he's barely, barely played. played for the under-23s. Yeah, I've got to say. Yeah, he's another guy. He came in, um, what, two years ago and... He looked a good pick-up from Scunthorpe United where he'd had a good season in League One, but he really hasn't made it into uh, Lee Johnson's long-term thinking. I don't think he's going to maybe stay for the longer term. If it hasn't happened for two years, unless no. he has, unless he does something phenomenal, like Sammy Smodix is doing at, yeah. at Peterborough, he's not... A... I don't, yeah, I don't see. I mean, he's had a good start, I think, at Rotherham. And, yeah, obviously Paul Warren is giving him a lot of game time, which is good. Maybe by the end of the season, we'll start to see goals and assists. But he didn't have huge numbers when he was at Scunthorpe before he made the move to Ashton Gate. Mm. So I'm, yeah, reticent to say that he's going to be a key part of Bristol City's future. Not too sure on that one, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how he fares. But someone who might be is Tyrick Bakington at Plymouth yeah. Argyle at the moment. Yeah, doing, doing really well. I was a little bit surprised he didn't go to a League One club, if I'm honest. Um, but but yeah. Plymouth Argyle are, are doing so well in League yeah. Two. They could go top soon with the game in hand. Ryan Lowe, we know, is a very good manager from his time at Bury. Yep. I think there's an argument as well that maybe you, you do better and you learn more and you get more of the ball in a good side than in a bad side in the league. In the, but, yeah, yeah. So that kind of makes sense. Maybe the way Plymouth play and everything is going to work out for him. And it's working out at the moment because he's had untold numbers of Man of the Match awards already. Unsold because I'm done the research. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's three or three or four. Well, I can tell you. already. So, so I, yeah. I know he's in favour, and I know yeah. he's doing well. Uh, let's uh, move on then from transfers because I think that's that's touched upon um, most transfer areas. And I want to talk to you about what happened on Thursday. You got invited up to Phelan's where the team train and uh, work is just getting underway now on the on the new training grounds, isn't it? It is. Fantastic news. We're looking at about an 18-month rebuild. So I reckon they might be moving into there for the beginning of the 21-22 season. And this is a a really exciting development for Bristol City. I I don't think fans really appreciate this enough. It is going to make a a big difference to the coaching staff, to the players, to the academy, to the young players. Um, There was a really nice little anecdote that Jamie McAllister was telling us recently that about... Imagine you're a, you're a 16-year-old player and you walk past Ashley Williams. You're going to stop and be able to talk to him and ask him stuff. Huge. And you're going to pick up tips. You're going to see the, the your professionals at close quarters. And the young players will mimic what the older players do. So that's exactly. a massive help. Um, I, have you read Stephen Gerrard's book ever? It's well worth a read. And he talks about how uh, the Liverpool youngsters used to be right in with the old pros, well, older pros, and how it was just it being in awe of seeing Jamie Redknapp in the changing room and watching what they did and wanting to do what they did and cleaning their boots. I don't know if the cleaning boot thing still, still happens, but just want to do everything, but also having that carrot in front of you. Like, you can see the first team training over there. It's not just about the facilities, it's about having the club as one, isn't it? It's massive. Absolutely, absolutely. And also, yeah, the club has promised that these are going to be really first-class facilities. I don't know if you've seen any of the videos of the Bristol Bears training ground that they've got going on, which is a little bit more advanced. But they look really fantastic facilities as well. And but What yeah, would you compare it to in terms of... Current Premier League training grounds. Have you seen Southampton's, for example? 
I haven't been to Southampton. I've been that to, is state of the art. Right, I've been to Cobham. I've been to Chelsea. Cobham's not yet. Have I told you my you, story about going to Cobham? No, you haven't, but I've been there and it's lovely. Um, when I went there for a little football tournament. I was playing there. A friend oh, of mine friends. found a diamond earring <gasps> on, on the pitch. This was the time when Drogba and Maluda was playing there. It was probably one of those guys. And, yeah, he was very honest. He handed it in. So uh, You have yeah, very honest yeah, friends. Yeah, so, um, yeah, that's a very good one. I've been to a couple of others. I've seen the Spurs one. Um I mean, yeah. In terms of that level, what's it like? I would would suggest... Is it on that scale? I would suggest... I don't think it's probably going to be quite on the top six kind of scale, but I would suggest it's going to be maybe on par with, yeah, your likes of your your Southampton and Bournemouth. It's about time though, isn't it? They've been been in sheds for ages. Um, um, Absolutely. So, yeah, it's going to make a a difference, Um, maybe not immediately tangible, um, but over the long run, I think think it will definitely... What was it like going up there? Uh, yeah, good. I mean, John Lansdowne put the, the spade in the soil, broke ground. He was the first one to do so. And yeah, big build to come. Uh, it was good to speak to Mark Ashton up there. He gave us some time, answered questions on Brownhill leaving and Narky Wells signing, explaining well, just one little actually aspect of that conversation. I thought this was interesting. The CEO explained on his transfer business that the club runs five or six different deals all at the same time. So Basically, when we're looking for transfer rumours, they are after five or six different players all at the same time. And they basically keep these deals going and eventually they bring one to a close. And they, they have they don't have all their eggs basically in one basket. It's like Love Island. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Greg, well, don't deny that you, you, you know plenty about it. That's, um, that's complicated and a lot of hard work. But you, I guess that's the way it has to be. Mm. Because if you miss out on one, you've got another one in exactly. the pipeline. Or exactly. another two, three in the pipeline. You can always probably play them off against each other as well. Maybe it helps to keep costs down. It's so. like buying a house. Exactly. Um, let's talk about the QPR game. You were there at the weekend. Now, was this one of the first times that the lower tier of the away stand had been opened? Now, was it the first time or was it just the first time in a long time? Because... There were so many Bristol City fans there. There's some great videos. There's a video of Scott Murray's son, Jay, in the crowd in his white hoodie, loving life. Um, but it was a huge away following, wasn't it? It was. Something like 2,200 fans. Because they don't normally there. open the bottom tier. No. So, yeah, and fair play to the City fans. They were so loud throughout. Obviously buoyed by the, by the transfer late window signings and Bristol City's form of late and they were awarded you know, they got another win what a goal yeah Lee Johnson bouncing in front of them right at the end of the game I don't know if you saw it but there was some great pictures of the team doing their team huddle yes after the game I've seen it yeah after. yeah yeah, yeah. So, it just looks like everyone's together it looks like everyone's sky high isn't it the spirit uh, yeah is everyone's high. as they say on the same hymn sheet but that cross by Jack Hunt brilliant oh and that header by fam Fam, yeah, he's been in such exceptional form recently. I've, some of the City fans, including the exiled Robin and others, were saying that this was his best performance of the season, possibly certainly best away performance. I, I think the Wigan away performance was really up there. I don't know if you I saw that, that one. game, yeah. Yeah, and he, he, he had that barnstorming 30-yard into the top corner. Which, Why was that offside? Yeah, no, well, it wasn't offside, it was wasn't it? Him. No. Marley well, I know he was offside, yeah. was offside, yeah. Was, he wasn't there, was he? Um Talking of fam, let's hear from him now, because you spoke to him after the game, didn't you? So um, these were from RTG's thoughts after the QPR game. Fam, um, tell us about your goal. That great cross from Jack Hunt, wasn't it? Yeah, I like I liked Jack Hunt because he always tried to to, to find me. And he's a, he's a good cross from, from, from Jack Hunt and like diving header. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are you on course to beat your 13 goals a season? You've got the last couple of seasons. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. Just try to to try to work hard for for me for the for, for the players. I think uh, uh, it's just ten. Um, I want to do everything to yeah, to, to 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 get more goals. Yeah, yeah. What about Darky Wells? Have you spoken to him much? Obviously, he came on, played up front with you today. He's coming back to his own grounds. What can he add to the team? Yeah, he's a good player, top quality. I think we. Are, uh, we 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 can be a bit powerful. I think we we need that of quality, and uh, I try always to to find him on the pitch and uh, keep going because like he, he just come now. But I think uh, he work he work hard as well for the first game, and uh, isn't that good? Nice one, great goal. That was for Marajiju speaking after the game. Uh, his place can't be under threat from Naki Wells at the moment, can it? Will Johnson try them together? I think he will. This this is. A bit of a problem they have, but albeit a nice problem, is that they've had this system, the 4-1-4-1, which has really worked well over the last couple of games, mm. particularly away from home. I thought they were really great. One of the best away performances of the season at Reading. Um, the game at QPR was very even. There weren't many chances either end. I mean, QPR didn't even get a shot on target until the 82nd minute. But 28% possession, 28% possession is all Bristol City had. Yes, Um you're right, um, but they they got the win. You, you don't, we've seen it so many times. You don't need the ball, yeah. very often, <laughs> very much to win the game. So, yeah, um, basically, City's current form is built on that defence. They're not scoring that many goals. They're not creating that many chances, but they can improve in that. And I would expect them to do that with the new signings they've got. How yeah. Wells comes into it, though, yeah. you're right. That is going to be a big factor. I wonder if we might see a different tactic on Friday. Well, uh, we'll come on to the Friday game. Let's get Lee Johnson's thoughts after the QPR win at the weekend. Yeah, I think every result is big at this stage of the season. You know, we, we want to be successful this season. Um, we've got to put ourselves in a position to do that. And I think by getting these 1-0 wins, particularly away from home, it stands you in good stead because the confidence builds, the momentum builds. And, uh, and obviously the belief, not only from the supporters, but internally from the players. That last sort of half hour then, when you were sort of pretty much under the cost, there must be a lot of faith and sort of team spirit in, in the bunch. Yeah, you, you can see that in the performance, can't you? I mean, look, as a coach, there's times I'm thinking, look, come on, boys, we need to make something happen here, we need to settle on the ball. But when you've come out winning the game, you've got to applaud and commend their attitude to defend. And it's something that we do work a lot on. And it's something that the group really buy into. And that, that showed because we've had four clean sheets on the spin. And that is very, very difficult. But it's not about that. We've got like 18, 19 players now that have got to live like brothers for, for the last um, spell of the season. And uh, only by doing that and actually being very chuffed for your mate to be the hero on that given day, will, will we be in the right mental state to then go, and, uh, go on the right sort of run that we've gone on already? What did you make of Wells' performance today, Sorry, you, you, you might have asked you that. But, uh... Yeah, no, I thought it was good. I thought he came on. He had the little header where I think he probably thought he was offside, um, which was a good chance. Opportunity on the counter-attack to, to provide an assist. Didn't quite get the final ball, but on the move, he, he nicked the ball off their midfield two or three times. And it shows his experience and his intelligence to to not be selfish if you like and make it all about him um, to come on and run around for the team uh, and not so much think about well I'm going to be the one to 
just goal hang and uh, stick it in. Maybe pushed um, your strikers a little bit because he's come in and and Fan was pretty outstanding today. He was ch- chasing back a lot, wasn't he? Putting in tackles, yeah. On, he? And, and we have to, yeah. And I don't think that like Naki coming in is not offensive to any of our players because all of our players can play with him. Do you know what I mean? And I think that the counterbalance is good between you can have the energy of Andy and um, Naki up front or you can have the big man, small man that can get the bits or you can have Andy's running and bring Naki off the bench for the last half hour like we did today. Lee Johnson speaking pitch side there after the QPR win. Greg, well, let's just speak about the Bristol City defence then because we've got to. Four clean sheets in a row. Ashley Williams was brought in to be uh, experienced. He was brought in to be another senior member of the dressing room. He wasn't brought in to play every game. Come on, he wasn't, was he? But he is. And he's playing well. I'm not sure if he he wasn't brought in to play every game. What? Do you really think, because with Callas Mm -hmm. and with Baker Mm -hmm. and with Taylor Moore, supposedly, you know, at the time. Yeah. Like, Ashley Williams, I thought when he came in, he was fourth choice. Yeah. When he came in, remember, they were obviously playing three at the back. And you're right, those three were probably the guys playing. Yeah. But I always thought that they might bring in another centre-back at some point, although it might have been in the, the um, January window. We, we understood there was some interest in McKenna up at Aberdeen, mm. uh, among other players. But yeah, I, I'm not sure that Ashley Williams... Well, I think he would have expected to play a fair amount because remember he was coming in and he wanted to retain to, his yeah. place in the Wales squad. And he had to earn the contract as well. Yeah, he's been outstanding. Um but, yeah, the form of the two centre-backs has been brilliant of late. Both of them have been real rocks. This, going to four at the back has really worked. I think the two full-backs have really improved. I think Jack Jim, Hunt's been really good, hasn't he? He has. I was a little bit worried at the end of the Reading game, and likewise the QPR game, that both um, the home teams got a little bit too much room to cross the ball in in the last ten minutes. It was a real tired, siege. or...? Yeah, it was a real... Um, sort of siege mentality that Bristol City had. They kind of retreated into their own area and just... Our fan was clearing it, wasn't he? Yeah, exactly. They were just clearing cross after cross. And I think eventually you will pay for that at some point down the line. But their spirit was was fantastic. And yeah, they they obviously didn't concede anything. Um, I just wonder if if, if maybe um, Jack Hunt needs a bit more protection on his side because... On Jay Silver's side, he's had Andy Vyman working so hard in front of him. Oh, he works so hard, Andy Vyman, yeah, doesn't he? tracking back and, and helping out Jay Silver. But Jay Silver has been really great the last few games as well. Really. He's just, it's just clicked, hasn't it? Since so yeah. coming back from injury, it's just like he's, definitely for want of a better phrase, found his feet. Yeah, and great assist against Barnsley recently to, to help um, Eliasson score and for the yes. City to win that game right at the end. Um, that was a whereas, great run. Yeah, whereas we've seen Jack Hunt do that this week against QPR. So they're chipping in. Yeah, the fullbacks. Yeah, they're doing. They're doing well. And this Friday, it's Birmingham under the lights at home at Ashton Gate. Um, how, how do you see Bristol City going? Can they get a fifth clean sheet in a row? And as for Birmingham City, what do you expect from Pep Clotet's side? I wouldn't rule it out the game between the pair. We're, was pretty close back at St. Um, at St Andrews back in August. Although at that point, Bristol City had, had made a few signings. He, Lee Johnson had just got his four of his five signings that he wanted in the final week of the tra- of the transfer window. So it was a bit of a, a mishmash team. You could could imagine there wasn't much time. For the likes of yeah, it was one one. Uh, sublime Casey Palmer three pass for Tommy Rowe to smash in after Yudkovic had headed in. 
um, at the back post for Birmingham early on. I think it'll be close. Birmingham had a good win, obviously beat Forest at the weekend. Yeah, but they've got Coventry in an FA Cup replay, which is on Tuesday evening. Which plays into City's hands, yeah. and <laughs> Which is at St Andrews, which is funny. Yes, but... yeah. Um, also, there's I've just been mentioning this to somebody else, there's the Scott Hogan factor as well. He ah. has a good record of scoring against Bristol City and mm. he was a former Bristol City transfer target a year ago. So I wouldn't be surprised if he pops up on the score sheet. But, yeah... This is but they're Bristol 17th and Bristol yeah. City is 6th. This is Bristol City's chance. If you go back a, a month or two ago, they had the two home games against Millwall and Blackburn Rovers and that's where things fell apart mm. and there was a, then there was pressure on Lee Johnson after that. This is a similar opportunity now. They've got Birmingham at home and Derby at home. Derby, yeah. Two teams who, who on paper are, are there for the taking. And they want to, get, so, they want, they want to take them... Because after that, it's Leeds. So yes, exactly. they want to keep this momentum going. They can consolidate, basically, a place in the top six if they can get... Yeah, good and then they've got West Brom. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> let's get the points on the board now. Then, then basically, those games against West Brom and Leeds are kind of bonus games, you know, in a way. Um, the only other thing is, they're only five points off automatic promotion. Imagine if, if they can keep this run going, then... You never know. That game against Leeds suddenly could be very, very interesting. They they go third, don't they? Do you, do you they win. honestly, honestly, honestly think that Bristol City could go up automatically? I don't rule it out. I don't think it's going to happen. I I would I can see them finishing as high as fourth or fifth this season, though. Mm. I think for me, Leeds, West Brom, and I think we're going to see Fulham. Those three are probably a little bit better than everybody else because they've got the riches, the parachute payments. To, I mean, look at Fulham, bought, just bought in Michael Hector. Um, who else did they sign? They made, obviously made, um, was it Cavalero's loan permanent? He's um, such a good player, Cavalero. Yeah, and they bought in um, the guy from Huddersfield, Conga, Terence Con, Congolo, is it? Um, and he's a good player. So they've spent pretty big in January, the biggest spenders in the Championship, I, in, I, I think. I can see those three being a little bit further ahead of anybody. But then I think it's open. I think it... Well, Forest only one point ahead of both Brentford and Bristol City, mm. then Preston three points back. I think it's between those four and yeah. Swansea for those. For those oh, last I, three. I don't know, but I think Swansea are just not quite consistent enough. Not quite. I mean, they had such a great start to the season, but I'm not. I'm not sure. And yeah, I mean, Millwall. Yeah, I'm, Gary Rowett effect. He's done brilliantly, Gary Rowett Millwall. I'm not sure they're going to be able to sustain it over the whole. Of the season, and this is the great thing for Bristol City. Look at what their bench could be: Casey Palmer, yeah. Narky Wells, Thomas Callas, and Benny Fobe could, could be back. Marcus Henriksen before the end of the season. Yeah, Benny Fobe. Lee Johnson said the other day, six weeks, best case scenario, he could be back. Wow, what a bench that is! You know, mm. uh, to re- rotate round for the final games of the season. I think they've got. A, I think they've got a real shot. Okay, well, we will see. Uh, two big games coming up. Then uh, we'll be speaking after the. Birmingham game and we'll see if time allows whether we come back to you before or after Derby because Gregor is a busy man at the moment uh, wonderful to be back and we'll be back next week Robins on the Wire